This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, Bayou Bendis here. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and, of course, hockey. And DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat in all of the action. Making a line on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to users across the sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with the first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Habs Nightly. I believe this is episode 26 of season two. Uh, a little bit of pep in our step. Got a little bit of sad stuff to say in just a second. But uh, before we get into that, Mason, how are you, my friend? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Habs had a big dub on a big dub, I guess, two days ago now against the Jets. So that's always exciting to see. I didn't get to watch, unfortunately, but. Man, like I will kind of watch, you know, have it on while I'm working. But no, exciting game to, and we well needed, I think too. Oh, hundred percent. And like I have, I have something on it. As soon as we get into that, like that was such a, we we needed that more than anything, you know. But um, how was your week? You know, it's been it's been roughly a week since we had to talk. You know, any more interesting shit at uh at your work? Any bums? Any fucking people blowing through y'all signs? Or it's just a. <laughs> Any cold fronts? You guys, you guys doing good with the weather out there? No, oh, it's fucking freezing. Yeah, we've uh, we've been going through a bit of a a back and forth with the weather. That's why my sinuses. I hope it doesn't sound too bad, but uh, my sinuses are wrecked because it's it's been flopping all over the place. It'll go as like it'll hit the fifties and then go up to the seventies and then vice versa. Nice weather, but just not good for people that have sinuses. Um. But I had something interesting. I saw this shit, and it makes me think about our our famous KD episode uh, where I was ridiculed. Um, but a I don't know if this is a southern thing either, you know. But we have this pasta company called Barilla, and it was made famous by I guess for kids it was made famous by Angry Grandpa. If y'all know what the hell that is, it's a guy from Carolina. 
Uh, he was just angry as fuck. And he was like kind of in that beginner age of YouTube where like, you know, he was one of those trendsetters of, of content. Um, but I wanted to know, Mason, do y'all have Barilla or even know what Barilla is? We don't fucking have Barilla. Why would we need Barilla when we have KD? <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> That's why I put in the notes, fuck KD. <laughs> pasta, hashtag pasta, not KD. But, you know, I'll just get backlash for that. But that's okay. Um, so Barilla is is just a, is a chain of different pastas, you know, from fasuli all the way to your elbow, you know, to your rotini, all of that shit. Well, apparently <laughs> I was made known of this because Barilla is, is commonly used down here. Um, it, it's rather cheap. It's not the cheapest, but it's it's pretty it's it's time saving and cost effective. But Barilla put out a Spotify playlist um, and I didn't understand why why I should give a fuck about it. Um, but. So I, I did a little work into it, and basically, each each fucking playlist, and they got clever ass names like mixtape spaghetti and <laughs> fucking boom bat facility. Uh, each playlist is as long as it needs to boil that said pasta. So I guess it's like a really good. What is you? What it? What a, What is past millennials Gen Z hack for learning how to cook? You know, and not just rely on boxed uh, macaroni so much. So, you know, it, it's good to cook a dinner, I guess I'm, what I'm saying. But I think this is pretty cool. Best songs, Pan A. It's pretty tight. <laughs> That's a uh, an interesting idea, to say the least. Kind of well, smart. You know what? If Barilla makes it to Canada, and some Canadians know about it, this is definitely a good way, I guess, to market to the young, to the youngsters, to the youth to try to get some sales from KD. You're not going to take over the KD empire with over how many, how many boxes sold a week? It's like in the millions, hundreds of millions. Ridiculousness. Uh, but I thought this was clever. <laughs> I looked at it. Some of them, some of them, I don't know most of these fucking bands, but some of them have like the Beatles and shit. So that was tight. Uh, I'm a little upset. There's no like, no alternative music, and by that I really just mean like post-hardcore and shit like that. But there's no like, it's nothing for me. Like there should have been like you know, former emo Linguini, you know, or or some shit like that. But uh, <laughs> I thought that was super fucking interesting. And if you guys interested in learning how to cook spaghetti, pasta in general, other than just KD. And when impress your girl one night, check out Barilla's mixtape. I'm sure it'll help you cook whatever fucking pasta it is, regardless if it's Barilla. But uh, I thought that was interesting. I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of got a, a lot of clapbacks from y'all because it's not KD oriented. But well, there's actually um, a grocery grocery store chain in Canada. I don't know if it's in the U.S. called No Frills. It's not in the South, or at least. Okay, no frills. And they actually released, you might have seen on Twitter, actually, Corey, uh, Isha was tweeting about it, too. They released an album. Oh, sick. And it was all, like, it's all just, like, stupid shopping, grocery stuff. (laughs) 
and I added them and they tweeted back at me and stuff. And Oh, sick. Yeah. No, it was like, you can look it up. It's like a no frills album for a fucking grocery store. So okay. kind of the same idea, I guess. That's dope as fuck, dude. Uh, Cause like, I'm, I'm super sick of like Walmart radio and when Dixie, Oh, G E grocers radio. Cause it's just trash. Just trash. I'd rather hear a mixtape. Like I'd rather hear like an artistic member of their team that just drops some hot ass beats, you know, or catchy acoustics. But uh, that's dope as fuck, dude. I guess the South needs to step their game up because I'd rather put out a fucking album. I'd rather hear the Walmart fucking EP than fucking Walmart radio anymore. What the fuck is Walmart radio? Basically, it's a radio station owned by Walmart that is played only in Walmart in all Walmarts. Every in every fucking Walmart no longer has like any music playing that's not on Walmart radio. So can I listen to Walmart radio? You maybe? I don't I don't know if it's like it's an exclusive in-store only, but cuz like the South, Walmart's from the South, like the South has invaded. Everyone gets everything from Walmart. Yeah, I'm surprised Amazon doesn't like clap back with like Amazon podcast and it's just a, a fucking weekly podcast, you know, on your best deals. Yeah, 100 percent. Like, I feel like we should do that. Mm, getting uh, Amazon podcast, getting to a Montreal grocery store. And just just talk about the deals. This week, invest heavily in toilet paper. As we have a sale on at Amazon. <laughs> 12 packs for $200. I don't know how much. To, I actually don't know if that's good rate or not. 12 packs? Is it a 12 pack or 12 like, packs? No, like 12 huge like Costco packs. Okay, okay. I'm about to say that's, that's a bit steep. But I think down here, a 12 pack might be, let's say, $18. But they're like those like... 12 rules equals 72 fucking rules, you know, like the mega yeah, rule by Quick Ultra. Like 18 bucks is like 30 bucks, so damn. Okay, understood. Me, right? right. Well, let's let's get off a of TP. <laughs> let's move into some news and it's uh it's not it's it's not the most pleasant news, but like I feel fucking remiss if we just don't at least have a, a note, and that's why I have it noted. But uh, sorry to hear, you know, a couple days ago, last Thursday, was the passing of uh, Walter Gretzky at 82 years old, Big Walt. Uh, I mean, was the perfect – he was the the persona, the ultimate, like, hockey dad. And I think he was the hockey dad that did it the best, and not just because Wayne Gretzky is, the you know, the greatest fucking hockey player of all time, one of the greatest athletes of all time. But, like, he didn't force – it didn't seem like he was a forcer, you know, like some parents are. But uh, he passed away on Thursday after his battle with Parkinson's. Uh, and I believe he had a, a brain aneurysm not that long ago as well. But just a that was a tough day. And I'd feel remiss if we didn't bring it up. Yeah, no, I um, I don't really know that much about Walter Gretzky, to be honest. Everything I heard um, post the news of his death was only pleasant and definitely seemed like just a genuinely good human being. 
Um, so the condolences go out to the Gretzky family. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I truthfully think that um, things like this need to be personal as far as like, like media shouldn't be involved in, in these like celebrity esque funerals but uh they did have a video of wayne giving like a eulogy and just just basically telling a story about his dad it was super heartwarming (laughs) um just basically saying that you know the dad and wayne had gone on a a big tournament and the wife said basically brett was about to be delivered that weekend and walter and wayne were out in a tournament and they come home with a with the championship trophy and little Brent was born and people giving him flack for it. And he was just like, Oh, well we got the trophy, you know? Um, but he was, a uh, evidently a world-class dad, world-class person. And, um, we just want to pay our respects to him, but moving on, not to stay so, so deep. Uh, we did see Josh Anderson come back Saturday and granted we are going to get to that game but we have to talk about the March 4th game before that. Uh, but he did miss three games, and really, um, it was tough without him. I feel like we could have we could have squeaked in, especially that uh, that OT loss on Thursday. Uh, but seems like you can't stop Josh Anderson. Uh, and then one more bit of news. Uh, the Wisconsin Badgers take the Big Ten title. Uh, conference champs, they haven't done it since the 99-2000. Q fucking the hot boys and fun. <laughs> That's a Southern thing. But uh, Cole Caulfield finishes out their little season, 28 games paid, played with 25 goals and 46 points. They're going to – they're set to play uh, the winner of Notre Dame and I believe Penn State, whoever wins that game, and play in the semifinals March 15th. They win that, they go on to the championship. So this is a big time for the Badgers. I think they've won the title – they won the conference title four times, and I think the NCAA championship six or vice versa. I could be fucking wrong, but I know it's four and six, whether it's conference and overall title. I don't know. Well, let's just uh, – I don't know. Fuck it. How, how do you feel about Cole Caulfield? Did you see that, that last – I mean, he basically – they won that last game because of him. He tied it up. He was the tiebreaker, and it was a phenomenal fucking goal. I put a – I put a little gif up on on my Twitter, and it's it's fucking immaculate. Uh, if you're asking what I think of the season in which he had, I think the numbers speak for themselves: twenty five goals, forty six points, and twenty eight games. Um, he's gonna become the first player since two thousand one, I believe, to um go back-to-back in NCAA scoring titles, and he's doing this as a freshman and a sophomore. Right. Uh, Wisconsin, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, Wisconsin wins their first Big Ten title since 99 to 2000. Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna play um, in that tournament, the Frozen Four or whatever it starts as. And, you know, I just – I personally think – this entire extended NCAA season shows a lot more than the world juniors. Uh, you talk about that goal, like that shot was from a ridiculous angle, no room goalie gave him nothing and he put it top cheese and that's just Cole Caulfield. And, you know, we're t- they're talking about 
him going pro after his NCAA career. So I'm kind of feeling bittersweet about it. I, uh, I want him to do well. I want Wisconsin to, to, you know, take some dubs, but the sooner they're out, the sooner we get to see Cole Caulfield in the blue Blanc Rouge. So hundred percent wishy-washy there, but the season he's had is nothing short of incredible. And, and to, and to just kind of like double on that is that he kind of had, you know, I wouldn't say a drought, but it was he definitely, you know, it was a little bit slower in the beginning of the season, but it was really right after, you know, uh, World Juniors that his season just – he just found his rhythm and it just took off. So, you know, like to, to gain his 25 goals, the majority of them were af- way after the World Juniors. So I think he had maybe five, six games under his belt before he even – started running you know running that and that's 25 goals in 28 games that's that's fucking awesome yeah um i just i don't know how to, what else to say about cole caulfield i feel like we've said it all <laughs> you know what i, I love, mean this, i love that people are starting to say uh what's that word they use it's like uh it's kind of like one in a million like a, a century athlete or some, some shit like that uh but you're starting to see those tweets pop up again and it, it just makes you kind of smile, especially if you if you're like us, you know, you're just looking, you're seeing this kid excel, and people are just saying he's he's like you know that that one one in every other you know decade athlete, and fuck, can't wait. <laughs> well, to talk about another Hab who is having just a phenomenal statistical year, let's highlight Jeff Petrie. Let's do it, dude. He's I'm now tied with Quinn Hughes. For points by a defenseman with 22, he's played in three or four less games than Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is a minus 15. Jeff Petrie is a plus 18. Uh, some leading all all defensemen in goals with seven. We saw in the Winnipeg blowout. Obviously, it was a blowout, but that wrist shot was deadly. Mm-hmm. He displayed that in the four to three overtime loss mm-hmm. against the Winnipeg Jets as well, where he just had that. <clears throat> amazing wrister that went off the bar and in and at 30 is he 33 or 32 years of age jeff petrie's just getting better like like a fine wine he's getting better with age and it's kind of giving me shades of mark giordano remember when he won the norris so he was like 35 mm-hmm. this is what that reminds me of um and what i like about him is that i don't follow mark giordano so much so like this could be hit or miss but i feel like like we're just seeing Jeff Petrie's just getting better and better. Whereas I don't, like I said, I don't follow him that much. I feel like Mark Giordano was brought to the surface. Like he was always known, but that, that season, it was like what, two, three years ago, that season, it was, it was just all, just all about him. He was just him and Calgary just really couldn't do no wrong until the fucking playoffs, LOL. But he kind of just kind of fell off the picture after that. And it just seems every year, Jeff Petrie is just doing better and better. And even that, you know, a couple of, couple of weeks back when we talked about it, they had that, that piece written about him. I mean, this guy strives for perfection and it took him years to kind of get that out of his brain to, because it would affect him so much. Even after games, he would just pick apart his, his style, you know, his play and it would affect him. And, and the pack, the fact that he's past that now, it almost has made his game even better because he's no longer has that burden on his shoulder. You know, granted it still affects him, but not to the extent that it was like almost crippling his game. Yeah, for sure. 
And uh, you can look back at that fucking trade now, and they don't have a single player from the Oilers that 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 trade consisted of. You know, that seventh, that second round pick. Uh, they don't have that guy anymore. The third round pick that they got, he's gone. The seventh round's gone. Um, so basically, I don't think I don't think the Oilers have anything left over from the Jeff Petrie trade. <laughs> So and what is and a, what's what's their biggest need right now? A star defenseman. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And yeah, and it's crazy that like, and, and it's no real shot to Darnell Nurse. I think he does great at, at his role. But at that time, they were like Darnell Nurse is coming up, and they chose to have Darnell Nurse be that that you know person that's going to move on past Jeff Petrie. And I mean, fuck, man, statistics now showing that. <laughs> Maybe they should have hung around a little bit, you know. Imagine Jeff Petrie helping fucking the first, well, Connor McDavid and fucking uh, Dreitzidel. Now that would be ridiculous. I mean, Tyson Berry's doing a good fucking job, which yes, is totally is. predictable because the Leafs don't know how to handle star defensemen. Mm-hmm. Not so Tyson Berry is a star defenseman. He's put up like twenty points already. This is his first season with them too, right? Yeah, with the Oilers. Yeah. And I fucking said it from the start of the year. He's going to put up a shit ton of points. Got him in fantasy. He's fucking – I got him go. and Petrie in fantasy. Leading the Oh, way. I got – I always get Petrie, dude. For some reason, he's always sleeped on. But he's he's always – he's such a consistent player mm-hmm. fantasy-wise. But, I mean, in, in in life, he's just as consistent. Just – this dude's <laughs> a point fucking machine. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But, um, and- I, I guess, this, you know, like – just quickly, I mean, that March 4th game, it was a Thursday night game. It's a 4-3 uh, OT loss, but, I mean, we played we played good. Uh, I mean, it, it's really going to go into the, the talk we're going to have in a second, but, like, Brendan Gallagher is just on a fucking heater. Um, you know, we 100% on the power play. Um, you know, we looked rough in the beginning. The second period, we really – you know, took it took it back. Tyler Toffoli. I mean, fourteen on the year. The next, you know, the next game makes it fifteen. But uh, Corey Perry really comes in clutch towards the end of that game, and uh, it just wasn't in the cards in OT. I, I, Connor Hellbuck just, it's just, just Connor Hellbuck. <laughs> I don't even really want to focus so much on that game because I think <laughs> we're moving past it. Hell, well, we scored two power play goals that game, which was huge. I believe, right? My no, mistake. it was just it was just the one, just uh, just Brendan Gallagher's the first okay, one, one the second one power play goal. I thought it was two for some reason, but um, we come we come back and this game it's just a totally different team. The line of KK Anderson to Foley was fucking phenomenal, and it's kind of like a like I'm happy, but I'm also triggered because it's like a no shit. How long have we been telling you? Right. Give the kids some fucking wingers. And I'm just – I'm so excited for tomorrow's game. Yeah, so, like, no, 100%. And and to go on about KK, um, like, we were always saying that he deserves some of that uh, first – that first line position. Hold on, I'm trying to – I'm trying to stop a sneeze. This is an ongoing battle. Today has been not my day. One second. All right, that's so much better. Jesus, that was trash. Um, okay, but like KK finally gets that blessing, right? I don't personally care if he's if he's on the first line or whatever he lines, whatever line he ends up on, as long as he has a two great wingers around him. And 
you know, you see his numbers, even this blowout game, I believe he only had 13 minutes of, of, of ice time. Um, but he finally got what he deserved, right? Was, was not just one excellent winger, but two of them around him. And I mean, they, they put up two goals on the night cake, that first one, kind of a kind of luck, you know, they said it, it bounced off of like that little indentation where the, um, where the Zamboni comes out and it just shot right back in front, uh, in front of the crease and just set up. Uh, it was caused by pressure, right? From the yeah. or check from mm-hmm. KK. Yeah. He, he went to go chip it around the boards again, uh, behind the goalie net. And it just caught that little, that little bit of lip and it popped it right back out front for Anderson, who was just perfect position. And I mean, it just goes to, I mean, it almost makes the legend of Anderson even, <laughs> even more great at this point. I mean, guys just out, scores. Yeah, he just scores. He's just he's just dirty. Like, if this line doesn't continue, it, it, it's almost like a disgrace because, like, this is a, it's a high-generating line. And truthfully, if we get to see more of it, I think it's a line that could definitely rival some of the top lines in the league. Uh, KK had 80 – he was 87% on on the face-offs. Like, that, that's, that's phenomenal. And – you can't just, you know, you could blame it on whatever you want, but I, I think truthfully, you feel that much better having two got your two wingers be, you know, basically your your bud your bread and butter this season. I mean, Josh Anderson's got his tenth of the season, and then the following goal goes to Tyler Toffoli off of a, a very, very I wouldn't say it's the most riskiest shot, but it was definitely, you know, uh for Weber to, to put it back where he did. Um Definitely took some – he took a risk, and it, it, we were rewarded because Hellebuck truthfully was not expecting that. It, it's something that doesn't rarely happen, but Talat Defoli scores that for his 15th. I mean, KK in between those two, I mean, shit, he's going to he's gonna excel, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I even thought Armia looked good on that line with Suzuki. He was playing off the end boards – getting into those gritty areas where his size, yes, is a huge advantage, but he's also got phenomenal hands. Yes, he and does. And those, those are a big asset for him. So he was able to get the puck out to the two playmakers who continually kept feeding each other, fed him, and he got a goal out of it. What I like to see, right? We talked about it last episode. Jonathan Drouin gets 17, almost roughly 18 minutes of play Saturday night. And Keep it coming. Deserves it, deserving of yep. it. Um, I also like seeing Nick Suzuki as as the starter, you know, right now. Uh, you know, I think this is a regardless if his if his uh, if his face offs are a little low right now, but like he's this is a chance for him to learn. Uh, someone noted that, you know, you see the first line drop to the second, and someone noted on Twitter that uh, it could be a, a possible ex- explanation to give a little bit more. Uh, opportunity for like KK's line to get not just more ice time, but against better, against better players on the ice. Uh, but that first line was really the dominant line in this game. Uh, well, not our normal first line, Hammett Turkey. Uh, but Brendan Gallagher is on something right now. This is three goals in two games, just, just from the Winnipeg, you know, two night series, whatever. Uh, but he's got his 10th of the season and then it's not technically his line, but Jeff Petrie, you know, last goal of the night for the Habs is it only happens because of uh, Tatar and Gallagher. So, yeah, but 
And like, that's all like we've talked about guys, but I think the biggest story, shut up Turkey. You can hear outside of this, uh, KK line is, uh, Philip Deneau. What a fucking game. Those two passes he made to Gallagher. It was actually three. Gallagher didn't score on one of them. Yeah, it's the, the that one that you're talking about, I believe, is the one that later became it like set up. Gave Petrie, yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. And like I have it in my notes. He, fucking he amazing. Put pass. a clinic on pass wise. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's the fucking Philip Deneau we need to see. He easily could have shot the puck in one situation and a guy who hasn't scored all year, you think he'd be anxious too, but he made the right play and we benefited from it. So, you know, we've shot on him all year, rightfully so, but praise where praise this dude. Good job, Philip Deneau. You know what? He looks really good right now at, at, at second on the second line. Uh, we saw it in the previous game as well. The lines were a little wonky, but maybe that takes a little pressure off of him. He looked really happy this game. Like granted, like who's not smiling during a goal, but like he legit looked like he was enjoying himself. And I think passes like that happen when you're truly enjoying yourself on, out there on the ice. But I got to say, right. So last, last note for a second is that I saw this. This is nice. Uh, every line scored. <laughs> That's awesome as fuck. And of course, I'd be remiss not to bring up Jake Evans at this point because he's becoming one of my fucking favorite players. But uh, Jake Evans, 67% on the faceoffs. He was the second best player for the Habs that night. Uh, the fourth line, a lot of movement. You know, you, you see Corey Perry, you see Lekkonen, Lekkonen's benched again. Um, but Paul Byron scores a Paul Byron goal. You know, like this dude will never store, he'll never score anything that's not like quote unquote like a Paul Byron give given a breakaway, you know. <laughs> it's the uh it's shot in, it deflects off the backboard right to Paul, you know, Paul Byron, and he just he just finds the magic. I don't know. This guy can't score <laughs> unless it's the most ignorant fucking fashion. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh we'll take it. And uh I mean Corey Perry was the only player other than Josh Anderson. No, I'm sorry. He was he was the only player last night to not get a point as a forward. Who uh, was sir? Corey Perry. Only person really? not to get a point. Well? Everyone else got a point. Well when I watched, no, he, like, he played he watching. played very well, just wasn't on the ice for the uh one of the goals. So but I Corey Perry, I mean, I'm not going to be upset he didn't have a point last night because he literally is the reason why we went into OT the night before, which is also bringing up to another point. Uh, I'm looking at the standings, and, we, I mean, it's it's not the best thing in the world, but we're tied with Anaheim for the most OT losses. And shut the fuck up, Turkey. That That's kind of tough to take, but at the same time, I'm looking at it. We're, if I'm not mistaken, like four four wins behind um, the Oilers in our in our standings. But the only reason we're close is because we got all these OTs. So I think that's going to be very critical going into the playoffs. We're at fourth place right now. We're still within the playoff berth right now. But I think these these overtimes is going to save us in the long haul. So yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not. Like I'm, I was a little worried with this team, but I still think we're playoff bound. I, I don't think 
we need to worry about not making the playoffs, especially in this division. 100%. Just had to kick fucking Turkey out. Such a shit that he's been feeling bad all fucking day. And we got him like a little window. He's got like his little summer home, which is connected to the window. It's like a perch. He just throws his fat ass up against the up against the glass and heats his body up all day. And then at night when there's no heat, he's like bitching. Like, where's my fucking heat source? Like, of course, you know, I'm I'm dumb enough to believe that he can be well mannered while we record, but that's not the case. He's got an opinion too. I guess he watched the game while we were both busy. <laughs> so maybe maybe he was just trying to put his two cents in. Can't be too mad at him. But uh Man, uh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember what you just said, but I truthfully feel like this was such an important win for us. Um, we're about to go on a six-game roadstead, and uh, one thing <laughs> that makes me laugh about it is, you know, for damn sure, if one team is more upset for us winning 7-1, it's got to be the Vancouver Canucks because you don't want to see a team like us that have, has been in a bit of a rut, dominate the second best team in our division right now and turn around and the next game is – the next two games are in Vancouver. Yeah, especially after the way we treated them at the start of the year. <laughs> I'm sure they We've still never have had, We really nightmares. never had a bad game against them. And then I don't know what's going on with Elias Patterson, but he's on my fantasy league and he's been day-to-day and an interchange in between out for the last week. So – Tough yeah. times in, in Vancouver, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Toffoli goes in there and puts on another clinic along with Jeff Petrie just dominating over – over uh, God, Corey, why are you blanking? Over what's his name? Uh, Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Thank you. Yeah. I guess we'll, uh, we'll have to see, though, And unless you have anything else to add. I don't think I have anything else. Uh, I think this is going to be a good road trip just because of that win. It's such a dominating win. You know, it, it almost feels like we're back to the beginning chemistry. Uh, we're going to play Vancouver, Calgary, who's also been in a rut. They also had a coach change. If I'm not mistaken, it's fucking Daryl Sutter in Calgary now. So <laughs> that's that's going to be interesting. But I know they've been through a bit of a break. And then we're going to close out our road, our road series with uh, two more games with Winnipeg followed by two home games against Vancouver to close out that series. So this could be a, a big eight-game run for us right now, and we need to just ride that 7-1 victory into the fucking sunset. Oh, phenomenal night for Carey Price. We've, we've talked oh, yes. about Carey Price, you know, what, what's going on with him, but had a, a .966 saves percentage. He blocked 28 of 29 saves. So he only let pass a, a penalty kill goal. For some reason, we just can't get down the, the shutouts right now. But, uh, Mason, if you don't have anything else to say, let me know, and I'll just send her home, buddy. No, it's all yours. Okay, well, folks, we really appreciate you guys listening to Half Nightly. This is the end of the episode. We can't wait to talk to you guys next week. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benners Podcast. 
My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. For He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. And the, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts.